Let's pray. God, we thank you today for who you are, and we thank you for all your hand has provided. You are great and greatly to be praised. I thank you for this season. We thank you for Jesus, our Christ. We thank you for sending him to the world, and we thank you for your word now that you'd hide me behind your glory, and you be glorified. Give fresh anointing and preaching power to the end that souls are saved and lives are changed. Speak, Lord. Your children are listening. Not only do we want to hear, we need to hear what it is you have to say. Move anything that's not like you. And then ultimately, if you are glorified, we'll be satisfied. In Jesus' name, amen. The book is the Gospel According to St. Matthew. The chapter is chapter 1. Uh, if you go there real quickly, I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. The book is Matthew. The chapter is 1. And verse 18 is where we'll start. When you have it, say amen. The Gospel According to St. Matthew, chapter 1, verse 18. Let me hear somebody say, preach Alexander. I just want to make sure you knew what to do. Um, now, the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph and before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, uh, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you, uh, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet Verse 23 says, look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord um, <clears throat> commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he, called, and he named him Jesus. I just want to talk for a second, and I want you to indulge with me and just talk back with me uh, in this conversation of scattered thoughts. It's scattered thoughts from this thought or, or, or idea of how strong is your yes? How strong is your yes? Um, lean in just for a moment, and let's have a conversation. It's rhetorical questions, but I really want you to answer them at least silently to yourself and maybe out loud. And that is, my first question is, can you be trusted? Um, uh, or let me ask another way. Uh, if you give your word, does it mean anything? Or are, are you considered um, dependable or are you considered honest? Um, well, that didn't do it for you. Let me ask another way. Will you lie? Well, let me ask another way. The street where I'm from says, well, we know you're a liar. Will you lie quick? <laughs> Uh, maybe the better angle is to add someone to the equation or object to the equation. Who are the people in your life that really can really trust you? Who are the people in your life that says beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know that they can depend on you? Uh, who are the people that can stand on the test uh, that you keep your word uh, and what you say you do and what you promise you keep? Uh, who is that person or those persons that can stand with concrete conviction that your actions have proven uh, that you have integrity and that you love them and you keep your commitment. 
Uh, well, let me just push a little bit further. I'm going fast. You're not. Um, maybe another angle should be, can God say any of those aforementioned things about you? Can God say he can trust you? Can God say you're committed, you're dependable? Can God uh, stand and say, that's one I can depend on? Well, today in our text, I'm really interested in Joseph because Joseph is that unsung hero of Christmas. He's the one that kind of gets a little uh, side story or a supporting actor role, but I think he plays a bigger role in the Christmas story than sometimes we would give him credit for. And today, I really want to unpack uh, Joseph and this tradition that he takes in Christmas. He's been given the nickname, not shy Joseph, but quiet Joseph in scripture. And he's given the nickname quiet Joseph because in all of the gospels, there is no record of him uttering a word. But although he says nothing uh, verbally, he speaks real loud. His actions are real loud. They are simple. They are prompt. They're unspectacular. But those obedient actions speak real loud. And he shows us what it looks like not to just say yes, but he shows us what it looks like to live a yes. Preach Alexander. And I think that uh, you've lived long enough to know you'll much rather have someone live yes out for you than to just say yes. Preach Alexander. Now your role is about to be in trouble because you know the rule. If they don't say man, they have to get off your role. So just look down your role and say you're already in probation and we just got started. Um, Joseph shows us that we must understand in the places of life that are most significant and where our, our commitment really matters that it takes more than what we say, but we have to live a life that expresses our commitment and we must understand that when we give God a yes that yes has fine print you must come on lean in with me you must understand that our yes to God and any area that's significant in our life it comes with layers to our yes I wish I had some help in here you got to be careful when you give God a yes because there's layers to yes and often there's more to a yes than initially meets the eye just think about it. Joseph just signed up to marry Virgin Mary. But when you read this story, there's a whole lot of other things he had to say yes to by the end of the story. And it shows us that this Christian life is a life after one yes after another. It's really what I call an inexhaustible yes, preach pastor. And I need to tell some saint who's given their life to God and who's decided to be committed to the Lord that that yes will never die. I know you said yes to giving your life to the Lord but next year he'll ask you to do something else and next year he'll ask you to do something else and the next month he'll ask you to do something else. I always laugh when I consider I've been pastoring the same church almost 26 years now. I just remember getting up doing a welcome in church was a big deal but you know what I did? I said yes welcome to church turn into solo in church because I said Yes, solo to church, turning to directing the choir, then being over the choir, somebody. Then I said yes to learning a memory verse in Sunday school that turned into teaching Sunday school. You're not helping me, yes. I said yes to teaching Sunday school that turned into yes to teaching youth Bible class. I said yes to preaching the gospel somewhat against my will, but I said yes, and that turned into being assistant pastor at 19 and at 22 becoming a senior pastor of his 
historic church, and one yes keeps leading to another yes. The life of a Christian is one yes after. As a matter of fact, look at your neighbor and tell me, tell them, just call me Mr. or Mrs. Yes. I am a yes to God. But I should tell you this. It's just scattered thoughts. You may not have three pretty points today. I just want to throw out at you what Joseph taught me. Joseph also taught me that whenever you say yes to God, it attracts more than God to you. Get ready for Satan to be attracted to you because you said yes. He really was not even thinking about you until you sold out to the Lord. And so now this yes is a big deal. Preach, Pastor. Preach, Alexander. You should have said that at least twice by now. Preach, Alexander. Satan will attack, yeah, the strength of your yes, the strength of your commitment, and to remain committed uh, in spite of constant changing circumstances in life, uh, we must have a strong, somebody holler, strong yes. You said it, but it was a weak yes. Say strong yes. One of the things I believe that breaks down our ability to remain committed and strong in our yes is that we have too many Christians with a term limit yes. Too many Christians with a conditional yes or with a yes with an expiration date on it. I wish I had some help in here. Or, or too many Christians with circumstantial yes. It's yes as long as the circumstances are favorable. But I need somebody to have a yes watch, just like the canned goods in your mama's pantry. I didn't even know canned goods had a date on them until I got married and my wife was looking for something on the can and I was saying, what are you looking for? I'm looking for the date. I said, it's non-perishable. I don't care how long it's been there. <laughs> she said, you know these things still expire. I said, not when I grew up. If it was in a can, it lasts forever. That can is still going to be good when we get to heaven. And it must work. I didn't die, and I don't know how long that can of corn was in there. But I've been, if it was in there, it, it, it counted as food. And I need your yes to have a non-perishable date on it. That I said yes to God a long time ago. I'm waiting on you. And after all I've seen, after all I've been through, and after all life's challenges and changes, I need somebody to holler, it's still yes. And an inexhaustible yes, by the way, another scattered thought about being strong and staying strong in your yes is it should grow with the relationship. You shouldn't be saved 20 years with a two-year-old yes. Come on, help me just for a moment. The longer you've been with the Lord, help me. Here's my gang. Where's my gang? Here it is. The stronger your yes ought to be. I mean, the more you know about him, the, more, the stronger your yes for him should be. The more you've been through with him, the more he's seen you through. I don't hear anybody. The stronger your yes should be. Help me preach to your role. That keeps them from going to sleep. Just preach to your role. Become the pastor of your role right quick and tell them, as good as God has been to you. You didn't say it like a preacher. You said it like a member. Tell them, as good as God has been to you. You ought to have a real strong yes by now. Can I press a little further? I don't really have to 
go to the Bible and use Joseph just yet. I can use any good parent. And any good parent knows one yes always leads to another. I mean, saying yes to being a parent, that sounds cute initially. It's yes to a beautiful baby. I mean, even before the baby is, you've had so many parties now, these days before you get a baby, you've had the gender reveal. I would, you've had the baby shower. Nobody's talking to me. And then um, my wife says, you know, you should give me a push present. I said, what happens if you don't push? <laughs> you give yourself the present. <laughs> and, and, so, uh, and so all of these celebrations, that's good. But yes to that, it's also yes to a beautiful baby. But it's also yes to sleepless nights. It's yes to real cute pictures. But it's yes to a lot of doctor visits. You're not helping me. It's yes to cute outfits. But it's yes to a busy toddler that wants to run around right when you're trying to take a nap. And then it's yes to confusing homework that you don't even understand. And that's in the second grade. I wish I had some help in here. It's, it's yes. I mean, uh, my son brought his homework to me. And, um, and you know, I, have, I told you I have a 17-year-old. And then I have one in second grade. Mind your business. And, 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 and my 17-year-old brought his uh, homework to me. I said, call your auntie. I don't know what to tell you. And then I was helping my second grader uh, with his homework. And he was doing math. And he was under the table counting on his finger. And I was under this side of the table counting on my thing. <laughs> I said, ratio, we'll see who gets there first. One, two, three. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's yes to a whole lot of stuff. It's yes to never ending expenses. It's yes to an attitude of a teenager. That's a big yes all by itself. I should be locked up right now, I'm telling you, in a padded room with my clothes on backwards, raising teenagers. And it's yes to money going out the window. And if you think expenses stop when your child is an adult, you've never had an adult child. Ten of y'all should have stood up by now. I know I've gotten the right sermon. It's one yes after another. And right when you think you have fully exhausted anything you can do for them, they come up with something else for you to get them out of. You want to put them up for adoption, but they're like 26. <laughs> and the system won't take them. You're like... <laughs> I mean, it's one yes after, and then if that doesn't do it, let me see. There's another group of people understand it's one yes after another. It's those people who've been married for a while. You didn't know what all you were saying yes to on that wedding day. I wish I had some help in here. Just look straight ahead. I know they're looking at you saying, don't get too loud on this part. I mean, just don't get too loud. I mean, you were saying yes to a whole lot of stuff. I mean, you were saying yes to a beautiful wedding, a spectacular honeymoon, and long walks in the park. But now you say yes to long walks in the park by yourself just to get away. I wish I had some help in here. You, you said yes to a whole lot of stuff. And when you say yes, you have to be ready for the layers of your yes. Preach Alexander. There's layers to it. Sometimes there's funny conversations that end with a laugh. Sometimes there's strong conversations that never end. 
Somebody just say yes. And there's memorable trips across the country on vacation. And if you stay married long enough, it may be multiple trips to a doctor's office. You may have to come from being my companion to my caregiver. Your yes has some layers to it. You might, you, listen, you may have said yes to my long hair, but I need you to like me with no hair. I wish I had some up in here. You may have said yes to my smile, but I need you to like my smile, whether it's in my mouth or on the dresser. You're not helping me yet the yes has layers to it <laughs> you may like the skinny me but guess what if we stay married long enough I need you to like the thick me I would you might like the black hair me but I need you to like the gray hair me come on talk to me just for a moment look at your neighbor and say yes has layers to it Let's, yes has fire, fine print. And many of you have said, in relation to your yes, I didn't sign up for this. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. I, my, my wife asked for, she needed to buy something right quick, and it's always an emergency to get it out of me. She said, real quick, hand me your credit card. Real quick, hand me your credit card. I just got the credit card back three weeks later. I said, are you done with it yet? It's yes. <laughs> it's yes to nothing ever being yours. It's, a, it's, a, it's layers. Somebody holler, it's layers to yes. And I have a question. Have you ever wanted to take your yes back? Lift your right hand. Do you promise to tell the whole truth? Nothing but the truth, so help you God. You're in church. You can't be lying in church. Come on now. Have you ever wanted to take your yes back? Have you ever wanted to say, give me that? Uh, uh, here it is. As we approach the last days of the year, if we're honest, some of us come to the last days of the year. We've been through a lot and we've tried to remain faithful and consistent, but it's been tiring. Some days it's been overwhelming. Don't leave me out here by myself. And some days it's felt like we've committed, we've committed to more demands than we have resources for. And even the most committed of us will often find ourselves saying, this yes is way more than I committed to. But I want to encourage you. And the reason I want to encourage you, because some of us are so committed and so strong, we make tired look good. We make overwhelmed look good. We, we, we make being overextended look well, but I want to encourage you, and I want to encourage you by Joseph because, listen, don't ever underestimate the person that's been faithful and committed over a long time. You have no idea all they had to go through to stick to their commitment and stick to their, I wish I had somebody that can preach to their role because you don't know what your neighbor is dealing with silently, privately. Just because I look good don't mean I always feel good, and just because I strong doesn't mean I always feel strong. Talk to me somebody and just because I'm smiling does not mean I don't feel like crying and just because I'm helping you does not mean I don't need help myself. Sometimes on my strongest, biggest, most happy day, I'm going through and I'm really struggling with my level of commitment. Have I preached your sermon yet? Just tell your role. He has the right sermon. Tell your role. He has the right sermon. 
Listen, and here's what Joseph teaches me about my yes. And it is when you stay committed, and I want to celebrate every strong person and tell you to stay committed to God with your assignment, with serving him. Get in a life group. Get in ministry. Volunteer. I want to tell you to stay committed. Give your tithes. Give your offering. But you need to know this, that whenever you stay committed, it keeps you connected. When you have the right yes, it keeps you connected to other yes folks. Y'all not helping me preach, but I, I need a little help here because Joseph had decided this is way too much. And has anybody ever felt like Joseph? I've been trying to live faithful, and it seems like this faithfulness keeps bringing one issue after another, one storm after another. And I know you're in church, but you can tell the truth. Has it ever seemed like this faithfulness and this loving Jesus and this doing it the right way just wasn't giving you all of the return that you thought it was going to give you? And have you ever contemplated? that this is way too much. Well, Joseph did. Joseph said, wait a minute. I just signed up to marry my sweetheart. I didn't sign up to start running for my life. Nobody was trying to kill the carpenter. Now everybody wants to kill my family because I said yes. Now I have to leave my hometown. I have to hide in Nazareth. Help me just because I said yes. Listen, Joseph went home and because his, his soon-to-be wife was now pregnant, and that was a legally binding thing to be engaged in those days. He decided not to get her in trouble. I'll just bow out quietly and gracefully. That's when you know you're really done. People who are keeping up a whole lot of noise on the way out the door, they're not done yet. You want to know when we're really done? We quietly disappear and we've been gone before you even know. I wish I had some help in here. We don't want to fight with you. Why? We're too done to fight. We don't want to argue. We're too done to argue. He says, guess what? I can bow out of this quietly. And, and listen, just because you're strong, I need some strong people, some committed people to God, to be honest. Just because you're strong doesn't mean you haven't contemplated resigning. Just because you love Jesus doesn't mean you don't have, listen, a resignation letter in your computer right now. You just haven't hit send on sent yet. I wish I had some help in here. I mean, your finger was right on the button. And has God ever stopped you right before you hit sent? Because you were so tired, you were ready to step away from the stuff he assigned you to. If I got the right sermon, wave your hand so your neighbor know I have the right sermon. Sometimes, and listen, when we celebrate people who've been married 20, 30 years, it's not because they didn't think about getting out. I always get uh, amused by members who come to me with tears in their eyes and say, Pastor, I've been really thinking about dropping out of church. And in my head, I want to say, me too. <laughs> Don't feel bad. You're not the only one didn't want to come to church this morning. I had to make myself, if I wasn't on program for the sermon, I probably would have missed two. <laughs> I wish I had somebody. Strong people still struggle very often with the idea that life would be so much easier if I just stepped away from some of this. Look at your neighbor and say, he's preaching to me now. He's preaching to me now. 
It would be so, listen, somebody say, I, I, I've almost washed my hands of it. I did not almost wash my hands of it. I had my hands in the sink already washing them. I wish I had some help in here. He had to come and turn the faucet off. I was done with it. But when you have a strong commitment, can I preach a little bit further? It keeps me connected to the community of Christ and to people of other yes. Uh, Joseph had decided to separate himself from Mary, who had already said yes to the Holy Ghost. But then the angel comes and encourages him to stay connected to the other yes people. Because one of the things that will mess up your commitment is when you get around people who are not strong in their yes. You learn that from your mama when she wouldn't let you hang with certain people. And she dared you to ever be caught in a car with one of them. And you were saying, but that's not me. She said, it's not going to be you. Guess why? You're not going to be with them. I wish I had some help in here. You're not helping me. It's some folks that were so cool, I just wanted to run with. And I remember when I finally got my car on the way out the house, she went down a list big as the phone book. This one better not be in your car. I don't want this one in your car. I don't want this one by your car. You should not be on this street, on that street. After she got done, you just wanted to get back in the bed and go to sleep and say, forget it. What's the use? Why? She understood that you can mess up a good life by bad connections. I don't have anybody helping me. You can really get off track. But you can end your whole life just with bad connections. And I don't have to talk about your teenage years. You've messed up a whole lot of stuff just being connected. Let me just see somebody's going to tell the truth. Stand up if you've lost some years of your life that you want back just by being connected to the wrong people. I, you don't have to tell your business. Just stand up. Listen, you should have. I know you're sitting there now saying, I should have listened to my mom. <laughs> but the same is equally true. How many times has, have been in, in the company of people sold out to Christ has kept me where I needed to be. That's why I, that's why I, can't, afford, I can't afford to miss weekend services. I know you're deep and you can stay at home for two or three months and it doesn't do anything to you. The way this mind is made up, I need to be in the company of other believers. It's something about your amen that will help me snap back. Even now, and when I'm in church, sometimes I need to see, need to hear you worshiping because right in worship service, my mind will run off on something that has nothing to do with God at all. And then somebody next to me will say, praise God. I say, oh, yeah, that's right. We are at church. <laughs> so glad I'm here. Thank you for that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, you needed me this morning. No, tell them, you needed me this morning. You, you wouldn't be as close to God today if it were not for me sitting next to you praising God. No, tell your neighbor, give me my credit. You needed me this morning. Lean over and tell them, aren't you glad you didn't sit on the road behind us? <laughs> and so the yes keeps us, listen, he, the angel interrupts him. Right when he's getting ready to resign, getting ready to 
quit. Because sometimes when we're overwhelmed, all we want to do is be left alone and be left from everybody. It's a desire for solitude. I struggle with that so bad. Sometimes when you've been serving, you just want to go away. Even, even as much as you love your family, sometimes you just want somebody to take a long vacation. And in church, everybody has the, here's a spiritual word for it, go on sabbatical. That's the deep word for I want to be left alone. <laughs> and, and so Joseph shows us that, that a strong yes will keep you. Can I, can I give you a practical way that that really works, though? Uh, let me make it live for you. Uh, sometimes the way to do that is you have to feed your yes in your spirit until it becomes bigger than the no in your flesh. Let me see if I can I work that out for you. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 9, Jeremiah, a young teenager at the time, says, uh, his word is in my mouth. And for 20 chapters, he kept the word in his mouth. He kept preaching the word, sharing the word. He kept the word in his mouth. And watch this now. By the time he gets to chapter 20, he becomes frustrated because it seems like his commitment to God was not paying off. They seemed unchanged, unmoved. And he says, I've given my whole life to something that seems not to be paying off. And any believer has been there when you felt like all of this is not really paying off. Preach, pastor. And here then, Jeremiah says, I'm quitting. He writes a resignation letter in chapter 20 and says, I will never even mention his name again. He gets home after he's decided, preach Alexander, to resign. And then the next day he shows back up teaching to the people. And they said, what happened, Jeremiah? He says his word, verse, chapter 20, verse 9, was in my heart. Wait a minute. In chapter 1, verse 9, it was in your mouth. But by the time you got to, yes, chapter 20, verse 9, it was in your heart. What happened, Jeremiah? He said, I kept on sharing the word and speaking the word till it went from my mouth and got down in my heart. Well, what happened? He says, well, the yes in my heart overpowered the no in my flesh, and now I could not constrain myself and it was like fire shut up in my bones I need somebody to say I'm not here because my flesh does not have any nose in it I want to say no a whole lot of times but the yes in my spirit has become stronger than the no in my flesh somebody say preach Alexander and so, so the Lord says I'm hurrying what? 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 You can tell you had a good Baptist in the church when, you, when the preacher say, don't hurry, and they say, take your time. <laughs> I feel right at home. Watch this now. Uh, the question is, uh, to, to, to Joseph, partner with God to get Jesus to a dying world. That's the assignment on Joseph's life. Partner with God to make sure Jesus is introduced to a dying world. And the same assignment on Joseph's life is on our life. Partner with God to make sure Jesus gets to a dying world. Let me, let me push a little bit further. Joseph says, make sure you tell them that when you stay committed, it's when you say yes to a person, not a present situation. Because some of us will say yes to what's immediately before us. So when what's immediately before us changes, 
changes. We want to take our yes back. But when you said yes to God, even when everything around you changes, he's the same yesterday. I don't have any company in the room today and forevermore. And some of you are here not because your circumstances have not changed, but you're here because you didn't say yes to your circumstance. You said yes to your God. And when you say yes to the person, it does not matter what happens in front of you because I didn't say yes to this. I said yes to God. And then a strong yes will, will adjust your direction. Joseph had his life plan, and the text says, the text says he had resolved to do this. It was settled. Then the angel came and challenged this righteous man and said, I, ne I need you. And here's what the angel does. This is for free. Uh, I'm just going to throw this in. Are you ready? Mary had, yes, brought her into question. But she does not have to defend herself to Joseph. God does it for her. He goes to Joseph and assures Joseph that Mary's yes is authentic. Can I tell you something? When you're living for God, quit trying to defend yourself. Just live like God has called you to live and let God fight your battles. You don't have to prove you're saved. Just be saved. You don't have to prove you're holy, just be holy. You don't have to prove you're honest, just be honest. You don't have to prove you're committed, just be committed. What about all the naysayers? Let God handle them. Strong yes will change your direction, and, and I think that Joseph's whole direction of life changed. He just wanted to be a carpenter. And now he's become the surrogate father, the adopted father to Jesus Christ our Savior. Joseph had his life planned out. And God changed his direction. And I think that so many people can't commit to God because he's not going their direction. And I think a whole lot of folks really, really love God and they really want to serve him. They just want him to go their direction. And, and, and more are committed to their plans than they are to his plans. And many of us cannot really sell out to God totally because to sell out to God means we'd have to change directions. And we don't really like the idea, but I need to tell you, he knows the plan he has for you. And sometimes his plans may not match your plans. But can I get a witness that knows his plans are always the best plans? Let me, let me, just, let me just take roll just, just a minute. I should have done this earlier. I'm sorry. I apologize. Forgive me. Got ahead of myself. But how many of you can honestly say, that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, you're not totally living up to the yes you gave God. Wave your hand, because I need your neighbor. Now look at your neighbor and say, so we know he has the right sermon. <laughs> and so it's, it's a matter of changing direction. And Joseph told me to tell you that, that teach them this also, Eric, that whenever you say yes to God, it's yes, not only, watch this now, to a change of direction, and it's yes, not only to uh, staying connected to the right connections, but it's also yes to a period of development. I said yes to a baby that didn't come the day I said yes. God did not do away with the nine-month process just because I said yes. That's shouting ground for somebody. Because we want to say yes to God and want to go in the delivery room the same day. 
And just because you say yes to God does not mean you're going into the delivery room this evening. And so some of us will say yes this morning and then get up Monday morning saying, what happened, God? He says, your yes did not usurp the need to go through the process and the development. I don't want, yes, my baby to get here underdeveloped. And so it's necessary for everything I put in you to still go through the development process. And when you say yes to God and things still don't seem to be panning out like you thought, just remember, I'm in the development stage. I wish I had some help in here. And when, listen, and the further along you get, the more painful the development process becomes. And if you start having a lot of pain, quit crying. It might be a contraction. Y'all not helping me. Tell, tell your neighbor, I don't have everything God has promised me. Tell him, but I'm not tripping because I'm in the development stage. He's growing it in me. He's developing it in me. And until he gets here, I'll just still say yes. Because some of us have a manipulative yes. We say yes to people, even God, only attached to what we're going to get out of it. And so we're more into the end result than we are to the person. Are you hearing me? Let me close. I've held you long enough. Uh, I need you to stay strong. I need you to serve. I need you to get in ministry. I need you to give God all you got. Start now that, that, that next year I'm going to give God all I got like never before. But I need you to know that your yes will alter destinations and destinies in life. Not just yours either. We celebrate the wise men. We celebrate the shepherds of Christmas. And of course, rightly so, we celebrate Virgin Mary of Christmas. We celebrate Jesus of Christmas, but can I tell you that Joseph is one of the best kept secrets and he's an unsung hero? Because if Joseph had not said yes, Mary wouldn't have been where she needed to be. And if Mary had not been where she needed to be, Jesus wouldn't have been born where he needed to be. So whenever I thank Jesus for what he's done, I got to also say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Joseph. Because it's because of Joseph that covered Mary long enough to get her to Jesus and then covered Jesus Long enough, guess what, to get him to you. So you owe Joseph a real big thank you because although he says nothing in Scripture, what he did was very responsible for the Jesus you have right now. Aren't you glad you met Ruth Hinton? Aren't you glad? Aren't you thankful for Ruth Hinton, you're looking at me like I've lost my mind. You met Ruth Hinton when you met Pastor Alexander. You met the grandmother who would not let her feet touch the floor when she woke up. She would roll out of the bed onto her knees. She'd pray so long, we had to go check on her sometime. You still there? Then she got up and taught us how to pray. Then she got up and taught us how to live it out. 
Then one of her famous sayings to me, whenever I was comparing myself to what other folks had done, she said, when you get to heaven, Eric, he won't ask you about them. You only have to give an account of yourself. And then every Sunday morning, whether I wanted to go to Sunday school or not, she pulled us up to New Hope Baptist Church and put us out. And she went in herself to learn about this Jesus of ours. But I'm sorry, before we got out, she says, which one of you in the car is going to pray? Me with my little smart self says, we're about to go in church and pray. She said, no, we're about to pray before we get in church. You don't come in church to pray. You ought to come in church already prayed up. She had this phrase that called her. She said, you need to consecrate yourself and condition your mind so when you get in here, you can get what you need. I wish I had some help in here. And I need somebody to know 25 years later of pastoring, 30 years later of preaching, 42 years later of being saved, you didn't meet her, but you can thank God for her because her yes got me where I am today. And I'm not the only one that had some praying mother or grandmother or father that got you where you are. Tell your neighbor, you may not know them, but thank God for them. Joseph names Jesus. The text is careful to tell you, make sure you name him. And the text kept saying, you name him. Are y'all hearing me? The reason is, is when, when the father would name the child, it was the official stamp of passing on whatever lineage and royalty or whatever inheritance to the child. Well, you're missing something. Joseph in the text is referred to as Joseph, son of David. He's the only other person in the New Testament other than Jesus referred to, preach Alexander, as son of David. And so, and, 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 and the, the lineage of Mary is debated, but you can't debate this one. It says it right there, son of David. So when he names Jesus, he passes the lineage of son of David down to Jesus, which then fulfills the prophecy that he should be the son of David. Watch this, though. Joseph's yes got Jesus in his family. Then Jesus turned around and got Joseph in his family. <laughs> Y'all don't know who in the shout. <laughs> Let me see. I, I got so much to say. I'm just going to cut it off because I've messed around and got happy. And I don't supposed to be happy on the first service. I'm trying to tell you, stay strong in your yes. I, I shouldn't do this. Uh, stay strong in your yes. And, and live your yes out loud because a good yes will wake up somebody else's yes. Your yes, yeah, Joseph yes kept Mary's yes alive. And then Mary's yes got Jesus where he needed to. I wish I had somebody in here this morning to tell your neighbor, thank God you came to church this morning. Your yes wakes up my yes. Your praise wakes up my praise. Your thank you excites my yes. Let, let me see. I'm trying to see. Let me see. I got to get out of here. I, I, I got happy and I got to go sit down. I'm too old to get happy this early in the morning. Let me see. Let me see how I can tell you. Uh, uh, my good friend, uh, 
uh, Dr. Townsend tells a story of an old farmer uh, who had three sons, and the farmer had three sons, and he brings his sons out, and he says to his three sons, he says, I need you to plow this field, and I need you to plow a good straight line down and back. And when you get back, I'll pay you for plowing a good straight field, a straight line. And the first son plowed the field and came back, and it was almost perfect. And the father took out the money and paid the oldest boy. And then the middle child, he went down, and his was even better. It was perfect down and back. And the father took out the money and paid the middle boy. And then the youngest son grabbed the plow, and as soon as he grabbed it, uh, the plow started whooping him and, and going all over the place. And he could barely hold it, and he was struggling to keep it straight. And he went down the field, and it looked like a snake it was zigzagging there and back but when he got back the daddy took out the money and paid him the same amount the two boys got mad and said to their daddy you told us to plow the field down and back straight and you would pay us and this youngest one did not plow a straight line and you paid him the same thing you paid us the dad looked at the boys and said I did not pay him because he got his line straight. I paid him because he didn't let go. I need somebody in here today. Would you grab somebody by the hand and tell your neighbor don't get it twisted. I didn't always get it right but I didn't let go. I've been up sometimes and I've been down sometimes but I didn't let go. I need about 10 of you to jump on your feet and say, after all I've been through, it's still yes. After all the hell I've seen, it's still yes. I've had to cry sometimes, but it's still yes. High five somebody and tell them after all I've been through, it's still yes.
The only reason I made it is because God said yes. So lift your hands and shout yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. But the only reason you made it to December of 2022 is because January was a yes. February was a yes. I came from May was a yes. June, July, August, I wish I had a witness. September, October was a yes. November was a yes. So I'll say yes in December. Yes to your will. Yes to your way. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. Yes! 